MoreLikeRadio.com. It's our duty to entertain you. <laughs> I said duty. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. I blame this all on Kevin, damn you. Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin? We, we hung out with, with Kevin from Alcohol by Volume. And he only says like three words. He, he's like really shy. He barely talked to me. Towards the end of the night when he was drinking more, man, he, he was he was right there with us talking a mile a minute. Alcohol by Volume? I'm actually kind of drunk. Alcohol by Volume. Awesome show. You really want to get drunk? <laughs> Listen to that show. Because by hour two, he's blitzed. I'm bad. Oh, it's awesome. Because it's a beer show. Kevin, some stupid kid. Weird thing. Polish last name. Yeah. Yeah. Where's your dedication there, Kevin? Your own show or someone else's? Alcohol by Volume. Alcohol by Volume. I shove alcohol in my butthole. That's not it? It's nothing to do with butthole. I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like a drinking a vitamin. Right? So you're blaming the drunker. Yes, I'm blaming the MLR drunker, Kevin. Hello, bartender. I have thought it over, and far from being a fat pig, you are very nice. And I would like another drink. Take a barf, drunkie! Welcome to Alcohol by Volume. It is Tuesday, October 22nd, 2013. You are listening live, possibly, if you're actually listening to this live, on morelikeradio.com. If you're listening on a podcast, I appreciate that as well. But if you're listening live and you want to Skype in, the Skype name is Alcohol by Volume, all one word, or the number to call, 862-345-7125. That's 862-ALCOHOL. Check out what we're talking about in the Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash alcohol by volume and like the ABV Facebook page, facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. And I still, uh, I still haven't added the shit to the beer tasting list that I've been meaning to, but that doesn't mean that you guys can't tinyurl.com slash ABV beer tasting. It's a open Google spreadsheet, add the beers that you've tried, what you like, what you don't like, uh, Give your opinions on it. And there's all sorts of you know stats on there. You know the, the the alcohol by volume of it, what you paid per bottle. You know that kind of fun fun shit. Um, even even calculates the best bang for your buck basically with the price you paid per bottle ratio to the alcohol. I don't. It's it's math. I don't understand math. Uh, can you tell I'm not awake today? Fuck. Mm. Uh, but I'm muddling through this, so I I really don't have shit going on. Um, d- just been working. Um, been running a lot more. Uh, <laughs> this past weekend over Saturday and Sunday, between those two days, I ran almost twelve fucking miles, and uh, I weighed myself on Monday, and I apparently have lost another three pounds. I find that amazing, especially considering that. After uh, well, after every show, I, I seem to have Wendy's waiting for me upstairs that I can't help myself with. But I think I'm good the rest of the week. Uh, I've been playing more GTA V. Uh, my wife already beat the fucking game. I guess that's what happens when you're home all day with a kid. Uh, put the kid down for a nap and you get a good two hours of GTA in. 
Whereas I got to work all day and I'm usually tired and wanting to go to bed by about eight o'clock. But, uh, I played some GTA online with Mitch and Hammy on Saturday night too. And that was, that, that was fun when we weren't getting killed. Um, eh, let's see what else has been going on. Um, it, it, just in passing, my wife and I have been toying with the idea of possibly moving out of New Jersey. Now, of course, that would mean I would have to find a proper job first, but we've been toying around with uh, Orlando or Tampa as locations, and so um, if, uh, well, I've been looking in online job listings and found some stuff, because there's not shit for me out here in Jersey, um, and ugh, I've been I've been at my job over 14 years now. There is no opportunity for advancement. I am completely stagnant there. I need somewhere that uh, I don't necessarily hate the people and that I actually feel like I'm taking pride in my work. Something like that. So, yeah, if anybody if anybody down in Florida knows of any jobs out there that are suited to my skill set, I would really appreciate that. Uh, the, the bummer would be having to rebuild my videography client base, but... I, I could manage that, get enough testimonials from people out here. Um, speaking of videography, and, and th- there's a reason for this, I, I'm actually more or less caught up with my paid gigs. I'm amazed that I've been able to do that, uh, which has now left me time to work on the New York Comic Con stuff for Punchy and Hammy and Ariel, all the stuff that they did that weekend. So uh, check out the YouTube channel. There will be updates uh going on this week there's actually there's one up there now that i haven't quite promoted yet um but it is up there it's um fuck i'm uh, dan Harmon, and i'm i hate that i'm forgetting the other guy's name justin something um but creators of um jesus christ i'm forgetting the fucking name of the sh- uh, rick and morty is that it rick and rick and marty rick and marty on uh, adult swim so uh check that out on the youtube channel youtube.com slash more like radio um, so the beers this week, I killed off a sixer of Budweiser black crown this weekend. I wasn't feeling like going to anything special, uh, finished off that, uh, growler of the star Hill smoke out that I had. I had the last glass of that last night actually. And then I bought the Sam Adams harvest case again because there's actually some really good stuff in there. I still don't like the Latitude 48 IPA, but I'm thankful there's only two bottles and I'm going to drink them. One of them I got in the bucket next to me for tonight. I'll probably make that my third beer, so hopefully, you know, after two beers, it's not going to bother me as much. I I just, as much as I try, I I can't. I cannot, I, I can't enjoy them. I can't force myself to enjoy them at all. I can't even find, like, tasty elements out of it. Nothing with IPAs appeals to me. But the other ones in this case, uh, Boston Lager, Oktoberfest, Harvest Pumpkin Ale, and uh, the two like new ones, Hazel Brown, which is a hazelnut, which is I think it's really good, and Ruby Mild, which is a more like mild version of their, uh, was it Irish Red or something? I think it's just Sam Adams Irish Red. I think that's what it's called. But those are both really, really fucking good. Totally worth the uh, the purchase of the case. And with the weather finally cooling down here the, to the point where I wear a jacket to work and I don't have to take it off by mid-morning, and 
last week was like that, where I'd be freezing in the morning, and then uh, by about 8 a.m., the jacket would go. And for those of you that uh, are semi-long-time listeners, the last homebrew I did, it was still like 90, 95-degree temperatures here. I don't have central air in my house, so um, my homebrew, the temperature regulation of it, I, it was the um, the Irish Stout that I did, the temperature regulation of it was extremely, extremely fucking difficult. So uh, the, the brew was okay. I don't think it was as good as it should have been, but now that it's cooling down, I'll be able to regulate the temperature a little bit better. So I want to get my next homebrew going within the next few weeks. I'm thinking maybe some sort of chocolate or coffee stout. If I can, uh, you know, find the proper recipes and shit, whatever I need. I see Mitch there in the chat being abusive already. Mitch, you're 14 minutes late with your abuse. I can't believe it. Uh, as far as, like, little quickie news stories things, um, I only had one this week because I didn't think there was much material with this. But it's part of the theme of idiots calling 911 for non-emergency reasons, but this is the beer edition. Man arrested after calling 911 for one-cent beer overcharge. This is out of the Dayton Daily News. I'm assuming Dayton, Ohio. Yes, Dayton, Ohio. Ah, And the article goes on to say, It cost Danny Smith more than a penny to express his thoughts. (laughs) God damn, I hate these fucking writers. You're not clever. Tell the news. After buying a beer at a Memphis store. The Commercial Appeal reported that police arrested Smith, 51, after he called 911 twice on Monday. Not just once. He called them twice over this. And then called a non-emergency number after being dissatisfied. What, did he call the non-emergency number to complain about 911? <laughs> His complaint, the clerk at the store overcharged him by a penny. The call started just after 4 p.m. after Smith bought a 16-ounce Heineken. Uh, website Smoking Gun has a copy of the arrest report. The store clerk refused to hand over the penny Smith demanded, so he called 911. Police arrived and told Smith it was a civil manner. Okay, now, I think both parties are fucked up here. This guy's an idiot for calling 911 over a penny. I mean, it's it's the same idiots that call 911 because, you know, somebody fucked up their cheeseburger at McDonald's. On the other hand... This store clerk isn't handing over a fucking penny. Do you not have a give a penny, take a penny tray? Well, take the fucking penny. (sighs) I don't know. Store clerk was probably some stupid savage that has no business being in business anyway. Um, After the third call to police in his quest for a penny, officers arrested Smith. Bonding out of jail cost him $250. So... For a 16-ounce Heineken, he paid, well, let's see, um, let, let, let's say let's say the 16-ounce Heineken was, I don't know, maybe 2 bucks, or maybe 201 so uh, 250 201 for a Heineken. That's, that's yeah, that's, that, that's not uh, wise money management there. But, uh, I don't know, if you saw a picture of this guy, I'll actually uh, see if I can copy the image here, post it in the chat. Uh uh, this guy looks like he's made some questionable decisions in his life anyway, so we're not surprised at all. So, after that, uh, on to, well, on to news, I suppose. This one, actually picked up from the fullpint.com. Now, there could almost be a little bit of crossover here with some of our other shows, 
because this deals with a uh, popular former, I think he's former, I don't think he's doing this anymore, uh, former wrestler, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Apparently he is planning to make his own beer. He is getting into craft beer now. So this is uh, from the opening monologue of his podcast last Tuesday, which is available over at podcastone.com. Let me cue this up. I've been trying to uh, come up with a recipe for some beer to come out with my own beer. So that means I can get further entrenched in the beer sampling process. I like that. That works for me. I like drinking beer. Uh, got a beer on the way, and I got into home brewing. I've been brewing my own beer here at the house as of late. I brewed my first batch last week. About six days into the process of fermentation, it's in a gallon jug. I only made about eight to ten bottles worth or twelve, whatever it comes out to. And starting small, and I'm going to get a big kit to take down to South Texas. We're going to brew our first batch at the Broken Skull Ranch Brewery and see what we come up with. And hopefully within a year's time, this stuff is in a can or in a bottle for sale at a store near you. And uh, But the beer thing has been fun for me because, man, I've been drinking beer for a long-ass time. But I was just drinking to kind of, you know, wash the trail dust down or get a buzz, quite frankly. I finally slowed down enough in my life to really enjoy the flavor and the texture of a good crafted beer. So that uh, that was just a little bit from there. I don't want to play too much of that because this is my show. But he went on to talk up uh, some of the beers he's been drinking lately. Uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, North Coast Brewing, Scrimshaw Pilsner, Sam Adams Boston Lager, Lost Coast Brewery, Great White Shark, uh, Alley Cat from Lost Coast, and how there's a restaurant that opened up near his house in California that has over 100 beers available there. Now, keep in mind, this is kind of relevant because this is the guy who was slamming Bud Lights and Miller Lights in the ring. So, it's pretty awesome he's getting into the whole craft beer side of things and not even crafty stuff like Blue Moon or Lion and Kugel. He's He's going for the legit stuff and and doing his own homebrew now too, you know. Obviously, you know he he you know want to you know sell it in stores eventually, but um, he he seems to have kind of taken the same path I did with beer. You drink the cheap stuff, you get a buzz, whatever, and that's that's your exposure to beer. And as you get older, your taste buds get maybe a little bit more refined. You start to appreciate the taste of beers better. I I personally think it's awesome. He's getting into the craft brewing and the whole home brewing aspect of it. Um, I, I I'd be very curious to see if if he does begin to market anything. I mean he he's very early in the home brewing process. So I mean I I think anything that he tried to release within the next year would just be a very gimmicky kind of thing with his name on it. Uh. I'd, I'd like to see him really kind of refine his craft and see where he can go from there, because there are a lot of a lot of home brewers out there that they they make some really great shit that could be sold in stores. Um, for instance, uh, Marianne from Lust and Love and Daytime Divas, her husband, he does home brewing. And his stuff is easily good enough to be sold in stores. Easily, in fact, it's it's better than a lot of the stuff I've bought from time to time. 
um, chocolate stout that he made better than probably easily 90% of the chocolate stouts I've had because they're, I don't know, chocolate stouts are are tough. That's why I'm a little bit apprehensive about doing that and I might go for coffee because, well, coffee stouts are kind of hard to get right sometimes too. But I guess I can't be can't be a pussy and be scared of uh, what I'm going to try with that. And you know, if if I fail, I fail. Eh, I'll probably still drink it. Um, so let's see. Um, oh, I see Marianne's in the chat there too. And yeah, see, I'm, I'm and I'm being totally genuine with that, Marianne. So you're welcome, or you know, Rob's welcome. <laughs> um, oh, and. It, of course, speaking with Marianne in the chat here, this is something that's relevant to her. And I, I want to say somebody had mentioned this before. Um, and I think she is aware of it, but Yingling eyes a return to the Massachusetts market. Got this from brewbound.com. Um, let's see. Uh, Yingling Brewery considering new distribution in Massachusetts, according to company officials. Uh, it would mark just the 16th state for Yingling, which is nevertheless the country's oldest brewery and one that sells nearly 3 million barrels annually. A- annually? <laughs> wow. At least I did not say annually. Annually. Fuck. Um, that's what I get from being on the phone half the day. Uh, although Yingling executives did not provide a specific timetable for the brand's potential return to the Bay State... Uh, multiple wholesalers, uh, believe it could come as early as the first quarter of 2014. So, Yingling may be back in Massachusetts as early as January. It had been previously distributed in Massachusetts until about 92 or 93 when the company decided to exit the state. Uh, the article does not go into why they exited the state, maybe... I don't know, maybe maybe poor sales, maybe there was a problem with the distributor out there, something like that. Um, the company's begun initial market research in Massachusetts. They're in the preliminary stages of getting to understand the state. Uh, let's see, Lou Romano, he's the director of marketing and wholesaler development for Yingling. He says, our due diligence needs to be completed before we make any decisions on entering the state and developing a timeline for potential expansion. Uh, met with potential distributors there, uh, Atlas Distributing, which is based in Auburn. Um, in fact, Atlas Distributing had flown a welcome Yingling sign for the visit, so they're, they're really trying to, uh, trying to, uh, what the, what the, what the fuck is the word I want? Um, I don't know, they're, they're trying to butter them up, I suppose, something like that. Um, let's see, uh, Romano also confirmed that Massachusetts is for the immediate future the only New England state that Yingling is prospecting at this time. So Massachusetts is lucky, lucky, lucky there. Uh, not much else in this one, but I'll, I'll kind of keep an eye on this and see when... I, I don't see why it wouldn't happen and just uh, see when the actual release ends up confirmed for it. But like I said, they're saying as early as first quarter 2014, so... You're looking January, February, March, somewhere around there. And I know that will make Marianne very, very happy and drunk. Mm. Ah, shit. I'm already down one beer. I don't know how that happened. Okay, Boston Lager time. I'm not going to that latitude yet. Ah. 
me make sure I can get this open. I can't open a beer and talk at the same time, apparently. Uh, I think, uh, what was it, last week, maybe the week before, there was this home brewing machine that I talked about. There was a Kickstarter set up for it. It's called the Pico Brew. It brews beer in a week instead of the standard six weeks. It's actually funded. I, th- I think it is an actual Kickstarter. It's not one of the other other um, startup funds. Um, so let's see here. Just uh, going through this. A lot of pictures and shit here. Okay, at press time, which was about a week ago, uh, Pico Brew is nearing three times their funding goal of 150000 Uh Co-founder uh, Avi Geiger gave us some insight in the creativity and process behind the project. So, um, just trying to pick out the interesting parts of this. Um, they wanted to have the right mix of people, right mix of frustrations with the world. Um, talking about how there are literally hundreds of home-built automated brewing machines, each one different, most very expensive. They'll build things with multiple tanks, valves, cranes, robotic arms to add the hops, things like that. Whereas this machine seems to be a bit more streamlined. Um, They say that their beer in this Pico Brew... Comparing it to conventional homebrew, taste-wise and everything, they say it compares quite well. They said last week, Annie Johnson, the American Homebrewers Association Brewer of the Year, visited their office and tasted their beers. She also happens to be a beer judge for homebrew competitions. And of the 15 beers she tried from this Pico Brew, she thought that four or five of them could have actually won their category in a competition. So that's that's pretty interesting, you know, considering that it, it's coming from a machine. Um so they they said their lab techs quickly bottled up a few of the beers and submitted them to a local competition. They're waiting to see how they do with that. Um, the technology. Let me see if they go into a little bit more with this. Uh, it's a countertop form factor. The, the thing looks like a microwave, basically. Um, let's see, there there are a few common problems we wanted to solve outright, like sterilization. That's always a problem I have. Um, it's a recirculating system, so it's self-sterilizing during the boil process. By using a stainless steel keg as both brew and fermentation vessel, it's had steam-sterilized boiling water circulated through it for the same process, developed the control systems for consistency, tested them across hundreds of batches. So the sterilization with this thing doesn't seem to be a problem. Then, the compactness and ease of use... Um, they say one big difference is that we bring the fluid to the ingredients instead of the ingredients to the fluid. Uh, hops typically add at various points through the boil process. So we've devised a system where the hops share a divided compartment that allow the fluid to waterfall through each each hops addition. Cleanup is also a big deal. Few people enjoy scrubbing caramelized bits out of 10-gallon kettles with their garden hose. I, I find it a pain in the ass cleaning out my Mr. Beer thing, so I, I can't imagine, uh, you know doing caramelized bits out of 10-gallon kettles. Uh, We designed for the machine to be (laughs) self-cleaning and the removable parts to be washed in the dishwasher. And then there's software. Software deals with all the recipes for this, so everything's programmed in there. Uh, The firmware is open source. They're going to have open APIs to their cloud-based services, and they'll make schematics available to people who ask. So, I mean, these things could really be modified 
a lot. You think about what people have done um, as a comparison, the gaming community, the mods that go on with that, um, the homebrew community with you know um, Android phones and stuff like that. People, people are creative when it comes to this shit. Uh, the prototyping process with this. Uh, prototyping has given us a ton of interesting challenges. It rarely helps if we can't brew on it, so everything we do has to be made from high-temperature food-safe materials, and those don't just pop out of 3D printers. So, plastics, everything's polycarbonate, which doesn't fabricate well. It burns if you try to laser it. Uh, flexible enough to wreak havoc on vacuum holddowns, and doesn't bond well to itself. And they're saying long-term, the parts will be injection-molded, but that's a huge cost to do prototyping with. So they're, they're, they're being careful with that at least. And hopefully that would, um, lessen costs on the final product. You'd think, um, they were asked if they had any entirely terrible batches along the way. Um, (laughs) they respond, why does everyone want to know about bad batches? Well, we, we want to know if you failed before you succeeded. I mean, if you, just knocked it out of the park right out of the gate, I'm, I'm going to be a little suspicious of that. Uh, because then it probably means that there may be something wrong that you have not anticipated yet because you haven't come across it. But anyway, they say, uh, I take it as a sign that current batches are so good it's hard to imagine. Otherwise, bad batch is relative. As long as you get a sterile sugar solution out of the machine, add yeast and ferment correctly, you're going to get beer. Now, obviously, yeah, you're, you're going to get beer. But, you know, are you going to get good beer? If you don't contaminate it while taking samples or transferring from one keg to another, it's probably going to be more than drinkable. But what we're after is the same beer every time, per the recipe, with across a range of styles from a light lager to the darkest imperial stout. It's almost like they're trying to go an automated system that really uh, really goes to the method that some of the big brewers do, like Budweiser, where they really, really, really want that consistency across the board with their beers. Whereas, you know, Sam Adams, for instance... Last year's Oktoberfest, you know, may have a bit of a, you know, slightly different taste than this year's. Just, you know, from, you know, little nuances that happen during the brewing process. Um, is this a good thing, the whole consistency? Yes, I suppose, because I guess if you do want to change it up, you have the control to do that. Um... And then if you change it up and you find, okay, this is awesome, then you have consistency across the board for that. I suppose it would, it would make it easier. once you, If you find that perfect recipe for yourself that you fucking love, you'll be able to replicate it just right every time. Whereas right now with homebrew, I mean, particularly like with me, if I was doing Mr. Beer, there I'm not getting consistency across batches. I'm, I'm going to you know do something different somehow and it's going to fuck it up. Um, they said they've had some really interesting batches, interesting in quotes, including a particularly remarkable Scotch ale. Uh, temperature control, ugh. temperature control has always been great, but we had to develop a temperature probe that read accurately in the turbulent fluid stream and calibration procedures to make sure we got consistent readings no matter where the components come from. We had a machine that was reading off by a couple degrees and brewed a beer that smelled like beer and tasted like beer, but had the texture of corn syrup. <laughs> uh, Jim was excited beyond words that we had done our extraction in such a narrow temperature that we got a very particular sugar profile with this texture. Nobody wanted to drink it, though. 
Okay. See now that I would I would call that a bad batch. Something failed. Something fucked up, and you learned from it. You know, there was you know a problem with the temperature calibration. You learn from that. You fix it. You need the bad batches before you get the good ones. Honestly, uh, feedback's been good. Blah 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 with that. Um, but of course, as with any news article online that has comments or you know a commenter section at the bottom, the commenters brought up some of the misgivings that I knew would come up because I did bring them up when I initially uh, covered this unit. And, I don't know, these people come across like douches with it, though. Uh, first one here, this is from Frank. This encourages a whole new breed of idiots that have absolutely no clue what goes on during brewing. They'll talk about their awesome brews, but then when you want to discuss strategies, decoction mashes, water chemistry, and all sort of other cool brewing topics, they're going to look completely dumbfounded. This is a horribly disappointing product, and it's a shame to see that it's even past its Kickstarter. (sighs) Okay. First of all, if you're a home brewer that is into those things... You know, decoction mashes. I don't even know what the fuck that is. You know, the water chemistry, all that kind of stuff. You're not going to get into this kind of machine anyway. And you're not going to be talking to those kind of home brewers. Now, perhaps this might be, I don't know, a supplement to your regular home brewing with the kettles and everything. Maybe th- this will be a way to, you know, okay, I'm going to experiment with things in the kettle and I'm going to mark down, you know, you know, my ratios and everything. I'm going to experiment with this. And then, oh, okay, I got the recipe perfect. Let me use the machine for it now so I can replicate it for consistency across the board again. It doesn't mean that you take all those elements out of the home brewing. I think this could be, especially for big-time home brewers, I think this could be a companion for it to, to really ensure that the brews that they love get that fucking consistency another person on here aaron this is the automatic bread maker of our generation fucking hipster and just as pathetic what's pathetic about a bread maker come on become a craft brewer without learning any craft fuck you aaron also nothing in this invention will reduce the fermentation time or the need to bottle condition unless the grain grain hopper just can't hold enough malted grain to make a high gravity beer limiting your options to lower gravity beers that can be palatable sooner okay well you know what if you want to do the high gravity beers nobody is stopping you from continuing with your regular methods of course the third comment on here is my favorite because i like it this is nate and Nate is a good guy. All he said was, wow, butthurt beer snobs that don't want anyone else in their little club. I'm shocked. See, Nate, Nate knows what he's talking about. Nate, well, you know, Nate, Nate's kind of trolling a little bit there too because he knows he's going to get a reaction out of these butthurt beer snobs. And of course, somebody had to, well, somebody had to react. So he got the reaction uh, from Thomas. You would be correct, except for the butthurt part, Nate. We're not butthurt. We're offended. You're also correct that we don't want these people in our club, because our club is for homebrewers. Homebrewers are people who actually brew their own beer. 
Maybe we can accept the Pico machine itself into the club, but surely not the person owning it, because they sure as hell didn't brew anything. They told a machine to do it for them. That's like joining a pilot's club when you hire pilots to fly for you. Thomas, you're a fucking douche. And you're clearly butthurt if you're reacting in that fashion. Um, somebody else here, uh, just going by AF, they actually brought up a point that I just brought up. Would you be upset if people used this for recipes they had already nailed down? As someone who has stopped or slowed my brewing, I could see using one of these. I could make the beer I want to drink without the same time commitment and get back to tinkering and experimenting, which is part of why I started brewing in the first place. Yes! You don't have to stop your regular... I mean, I have a microwave in my house. Does that mean I don't cook on the stove anymore? No! The microwave is a supplement to things. You know, if you know, if I just want to, you know, quickie reheat a piece of pizza, I'll throw it in the microwave. If I want to actually make a pizza, you know what? It goes in the fucking oven. I'm not going to make it in the microwave. These ah, oh. oh, that fucking douche Thomas. He's offended. He's offended by this machine. He's offended by the Pico brew. Wonder what else fucking offends him. Probably women. Ugh. Um, let's see. Yeah, this one guy bitches that they didn't talk about sterilization at all, and then. Of course, somebody else follows up. Read the text. They talk a lot about sterilization and how it's really important in the process. Um, let's, uh, the, I don't think the target of this machine is homebrewers that already brew their own beer because clearly most of them are going to answer like you and feel, quote, dishonored by such a simple machine. But for most people who wouldn't take a single step in homebrewing, this is probably better than anything. I don't see what's bad in simplifying the process for users. If you don't like it, don't use it. Exactly. Um... If you know, if if we did not allow for some technological advancements of this type, we would still probably be editing video tape to tape, or you know, splicing film. And I never want to go back to that. So I'm keeping an eye out on the Pico Brew. I I, I want to say the retail price that I saw proposed for it was like in the three hundred dollar range. I'd be very iffy on that. Only, I mean, believe me, I'd want to do it in a heartbeat, but I think my wife would possibly scoff at me uh, making a $300 investment in a, uh, well, what amounts to a beer machine when I probably spend that much within a, well, I don't spend that much within a month. Maybe two months. Maybe two months. So that's uh, new stuff with the Pico, bro. Uh, and I guess we, we, we can't, we can't go, uh, go too t- too much time on here without some kind of fucked up gross story and god damn it in the fucking sidebar kim kardashian and kanye west ugh ugh anyway uh, foster's gold drinker finds 50 dead flies in his beer well how could he tell the difference haha <laughs> um daniel from nuneaton warwickshire spat out a mouthful of lager after realizing the bottle had a disgusting taste. Well, yeah, it's Foster's. Come on, what do you expect? Uh, he said he found 50 dead flies floating in a bottle of beer purchased from his local supermarket. Um, 
they have some images here. I'll uh, see if I can copy these into the chat for those of you that are still listening after my Pico Brew rant. So that was apparently the bottom of the bottle. You also see how cloudy the beer is. Now this guy says, um, after examining the beer, he realized the cloudy liquid was infested with tiny flies. Um, those almost look kind of, well... Almost look kind of like bees with the striping on them. Uh, he said, I knew the beer didn't taste right. It tasted warm and salty, and there were bits in it. The bottle was all cloudy, and when I looked closer, I realized there were lots of flies in it. It was just unbelievable. It was completely vile. Now, they have another picture here where they have a side-by-side comparison of an infested... Yeah, see, yeah Marianne thinks they're bees, too. They do look like bees to me. Those don't look like flies. Um, but here's a side-by-side comparison. The infested one on the right, the non-infested one on the left. If I picked up that bottle on the right, even before I opened it, I would look at it and say, that doesn't look right. But this guy, no, 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 just picked it up, opened it, drank. And Marianne says, how did he not notice? How the fuck did this guy not notice? I, I, for those of you not in the chat, you, you can't see this, but one beer is clearly see-through. It's, you know, it's your standard, you know, clear, you know, piss-clear beer. And the other one is cloudy as fuck. You cannot see through it. I mean, shit. I, I say piss-clear for the other one, but I don't know. I, I think that looks more like cloudy piss on the right. Uh, so, um... Spokesman for Heineken, uh, brand owner for Fosters in the UK, said, as the UK's leading brewer, product quality is a pair of... Uh, product quality. We're taking this very seriously. Blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, one person saying in the comments it might not have been capped completely and the flies got into it. Okay, that's that's possible. But still, you look at that... Uh, I mean, to be fair, most of my beers are in brown bottles and not the clear bottles. So, for instance, my Boston Lager was um, infected with flies. I probably wouldn't see it. But then if I had something like, for instance, a bottle of Innocent Gun, which does come in a clear bottle, if that was all cloudy and shit, I'm probably going to notice that right away. And Supposedly, Foster's is this guy's favorite beer. Wouldn't, if it was your favorite beer, wouldn't you be able to notice, just upon a glance, that something was wrong with it? Um, I mean, even, he said, he said it tasted warm and salty. Well, my guess is that when you would open it, you'd probably smell something weird, too. Um... And apparently, I guess I guess this guy counted. Uh, there were fifty of the flies or bees or whatever that was in the beer. What's worse about this? Um, they they don't say whether or not his whole six pack or whatever was infected with this. But he had already drank two bottles of the Fosters before finding these flies in the third bottle. Now, if he, uh, if there were flies in the other two bottles, then this guy's just a fucking idiot. Um, wow. And completely off topic, because I'm getting this article from the dailymail.co.uk. Um, 
I, I don't really want to look at this, but um, there's an article that says, Steroids turned me into a man. The female bodybuilder whose drug habit left her with a tiny penis and facial hair. This might be... Uh, this, this might be something good for uh, one of the other shows. Um, oh, dear God! Uh, I... Wow, I'm... Uh, uh, okay, I'm, I'm just posting this to the chat. Completely off topic for the show. But, um... I don't know. You, you, you guys might get a kick out of this. Some other show might be able to use this. Um, well, let's see. Copy image URL. Just to scare some of you. Yes, this is a woman. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What the fuck? Yes, drink. I bet drinking Fosters will do that to you, too. Uh, she was taking anabolic steroids, led to her developing facial hair, acne, and various other male characteristics, including a one-inch penis. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> Marianne's reaction is perfect. What the fuck? Oof. Of course, uh, Roy Black on Crack says looks like a typical woman from Northern England. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, gonna hit up a couple more of these before the break. Uh, well, uh, apparently there's another lawsuit against Anheuser-Busch in Bev. Uh, this one I got from St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Uh, lawsuit alleges Beck's beer labels are deceptive. Mm. And of course, um, who is filing the lawsuit? But somebody from Florida. Mm. Uh, a Florida resident has filed a lawsuit against Anheuser-Busch, alleging the brewer is leading customers to believe that Beck's beer sold in the United States is brewed in Germany. Anheuser-Busch denies the allegation, saying that Beck's beer sold in the U.S. is clearly labeled as being made in America. Now, the quote in the article that completely turns me against this fucking idiot, the filer of the lawsuit, his name is Francisco René Marti. The fuck is that? Beck's label includes text that says product of USA in St. Louis, Missouri. Um but he alleges that this wording is insufficient. What the fuck do you want them to do? Put up a huge fucking American flag on the bottle? That would That's bound to piss someone off. I mean, remember the whole Puerto Rican flag on those cans of beer piss people off? Uh... <laughs> I don't know. This, this guy probably, you know, he, he's gonna he's gonna sue uh, sue the makers of Chinese checkers. Oh 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 oh! No 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 no! He's he's gonna sue um, the company that makes Swedish fish because he's gonna be like they lead me to believe these are made in Sweden. I mean, I have I have a Beck's mirror kind of sign behind me here that does say, but it's an old one imported from Germany. Now, according to the article here, yeah, although Beck's beer is no longer imported from Germany. There we go. Um, so it was at one point. Uh, but the lawsuit says the marketing and advertising of Beck's has remained mostly unchanged. Um, <laughs> due to the large number of customers who could be included in the class action, the lawsuit says the matter of controversy exceeds $5 million in damages. So, you know, if if they'd settled, maybe people would get a bottle of beer, you know. Mm. 
Um, uh, calling the lawsuit frivolous, and this is going to be those one of those rare times in a lawsuit. I'm going to side with Anheuser-Busch because this is stupid. Um, Anheuser-Busch says the quality and taste of Beck's are due to exacting German production standards rather than the source of its ingredients. So it doesn't have to do with German water or anything. Beck's beer is meticulously loyal to its German origins and to the Reinheitsgebot, the German purity law, in the many countries where it's brewed and has been for years. Um, no comments on this one, sadly. There would have been, there, there could have been some fun, uh, Fun, stupid, stupid comments, but nobody decided to do it. Uh, stupid, stupid lawsuit. Um, I'm I'm trying to think of like another beer that you know could potentially get nailed for that. Why Why don't you start uh, you know start suing the beers that you know try and mask themselves as Trappist beers? Um, you know it. At least that is a little, I'm not saying it would be a good lawsuit, but at least that one would have a little bit more legitimacy because there are brewers that do try and really skirt that line to fool the consumer into thinking it is a genuine Trappist beer. Um, trying to think of other, you, you could go with, you know, the naming of stuff that, you know, something isn't necessarily a Lambic unless it's from Belgium but you know what? If if a if a beer company calls it a lambic and they they you know should have called it a lambic style or something, you're gonna sue them. Is it really that important to this guy that Beck's you know emblazons it across their bottle, made in the good old U.S. of A. I mean, maybe maybe that's what this guy is pissed about. Maybe. He, he, you know, is one of those, you know, staunch, you know, America, you know, I, I want Bex to show America. I don't want no fucking Nazis, you know, my beer showed America, St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah, yeah, you know, something like that. I don't know. I don't know what that, but then again, with, with a name like Francisco Rene Marti, I don't think he's, uh, necessarily talking like that. I can't, yeah, my name Francisco Rene Marti. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't see that happening really. Um, oh dear God, I actually, uh, I actually did see that picture, uh, Roy. I think I saw, I think I saw that on Reddit, but I think it was just the ass that I saw. Um, ah, Dutch beer brand Bavaria got some trouble for not coming from Bavaria, but being Bavarian style beer. And see, I, you know, I, I can, I can see where that can that can be a problem um particularly with that because it's in the name if you said something like um i don't know you know bob's belgian wheat beer with that you may be inferring that it's from belgium even though a name like bob probably would not come from belgium that's why you see a lot of beers out there that are like Belgian style wheat. That's what Bavaria should have done because you know really highlight that is a Bavarian style beer. You know, there there are those certain beers that very region specific, and you can't fuck with that. I, I've mentioned it many a time when it comes to you know sparkling wine versus champagne. 
you know, the Champagne region of France is going to nail your ass if you try and create, you know, or try and brand something as Champagne when it's not. So, I don't know. It, 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 it's a tough line there. It, I mean, I, I've never thought that in recent years, Bex was being imported from Germany. Um, and you know what? If I thought it was being imported from Germany and I was getting it for that cheap price in the store, I'd be like, huzzah! And then if I found out it wasn't, I'd be like, oh, okay. Still cheap. It's not like I'm paying a premium for it. You know? That, that, I, I think that would be justification, maybe. If they were trying to price it like it was an import from Germany and trying to deceive in that respect, okay, I could understand that. But Bex is fucking cheap. Bex is a cheap beer. I, I, I think this, I mean, first of all, there's no way this guy is going to be able to compete with Anheuser-Busch's lawyers. Um, you know, they're saying this is, you know, supposed to be a class action suit. But I, how many, well, I ask how many stupid people could sign on for something like this, but I do live in the U.S. There are a lot of fucking stupid people. Uh, okay, let me hit this last one before the break. And then, uh, getting the lists and shit this week. Um, there's actually one really cool one I found this week that I'm definitely getting into. Um... Newlyweds in Belgium come home to house blocked by 7,500 beer bottles, 315 crates. I think somebody posted this on Facebook. I'm not 100% certain. Um, so I can't remember who to give credit to. I'm sorry. Um, newlywed couple in Belgium were perplexed when they returned home the morning after their wedding ceremony party to find, or ceremony slash party, uh, to find the entrance to their house had been blocked by 315 beer crates. Uh, I got this from BuzzFeed. I will post this picture in the chat so you can see exactly what these beer crates look like. Uh, the sign that is up there, uh, it translates to, shh, newlyweds, baby in the making. Now, personally, I think this is a better prank than Winston would pull. Uh, Winston would, um, I don't know, you know, wait till they walked in the door, break a beer bottle, and then stab them with it. Something like that. So to uh, let's see to celebrate their wedding day, friends of Belgium newlyweds Sophie Verret and Jerry Dumortier redecorated the couple's house with hundreds of beer crates and hung a sign above the. Uh, we talk about the sign. The seventy-five hundred empty bottles of beer that had been in the crates were arranged into a heart and the newlyweds' initials in their backyard. Now, this is fucking impressive. I. Well, I don't think I'd have the patience nor the liver to actually do this. Um, but that is pretty cool. Ah, um, oh, Punchy's playing GTA 5. Damn it! Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> let's see. It was fun. We had a good laugh, and our friends helped us clean it all up. The couple told Hit Nuidsblad. Uh, they posted the images to Facebook, and they quickly began to go viral. Um... Let's see. No comments on this one. This is oh yeah, but BuzzFeed doesn't really do that like that. So that's kind of a cool thing. They had to. Um, they they had it took twenty minutes with a box cutter to get into the house for them. Um, I'm I'm very curious how 
the uh, the, the wife reacted because there doesn't seem to be any specific reaction on here from her. Um, I don't know. Then again, people in Belgium are probably a little bit more uh, laid back, I would assume. You know, all that wonderful Belgian beer. Okay, I'm, I'm running out of steam here, so I, I think I'm going to uh, get ready to queue up my break. Um, let's see. So after the break... Um, uh, there we go. Sorry, Tab was misbehaving. Um, okay, after the break, got a few lists here that I may or may not get to. One that I'm definitely getting to from Thrillist.com. A couple of these guys decided to taste test 10 of the cheapest well liquors in the world. Uh, I don't do a lot of liquor on the show, but this one was totally worth it because there were actually some kind of interesting findings in terms of cheap stuff that isn't completely offensive. Uh, top 10 fall beers list via Fox News. Um, there's actually good stuff on this list. That's pretty much the reason because a lot of these, you know, best fall beer, best pumpkin beers, uh, you know, best beers for summer. A lot of the, it's almost like they try and be too cool for the room with it. They'll put in like one mass market beer and the rest are these just really obscure things you're never going to find. So, but this, there, there is some good stuff on there and a lot that I have had. Um, list that I've been holding off on 21 reasons you should drink more beer, the complete guide to craft beer at your local bar. And then of course the new beer reveals and releases for the week. Got some stuff from Dogfish Head, Bells, uh, Amagang, Shells, and Mother's Brewing Company. So, I will be back here on Alcohol by Volume after the break. Go get yourself a beer or something. Alcohol by Volume! Wait, why is that guy gargling? This is your morning wake-up call. Get up. It's how I get my morning started. They're my morning show. All right, here's a little inside info. They're not even real listeners. These are staged people, and you hear the same thing across the entire country. And that's why Hammy, Hammy, the true American, is going to serve his country and expose these hack shows for what they are. Only on Brain Steel Radio. Friday nights, 8 to 10 on MoreLikeRadio.com. Hey, are you absolute garbage? Let me guess, an alcoholic? A drug addict? When was the last time you were even out of your house? Well, why don't you join us for the Red Show? We're all about personal betterment and self-esteem. I want to do, uh, you know, maybe like uh, City Meets the Swamp, something, something. I hope it ends up with the fucking city getting eaten by a goddamn alligator. Ambassadors of Peace at any income level. That's what we do here. We're all about olive branches. <laughs> no, you're a fucking white trash asshole. You're about olive fucking garden, okay? <laughs> <laughs> One thing we don't forget is how important our fans are. Is there anything more you want to say about any of these uh, cocksuckers that are listening? No, I don't think so. Okay. And we recognize the struggles and hardships of our friends. We don't give a fuck. I hope you relapsed. Burn in hell, bull. Oh, my God. God, what are you I meant I love you, bro. Get better. So come join us live Wednesday nights and experience functional substance abuse on The Red Show. Only on More Like Radio. You're doing some things with Enya, correct? I I hope you end your life. Now get off the the microphone while I talk to my pal. Do you like video games? 
Are you a little antisocial? Well, listen to Antisocial Gamer Radio. Tuesdays from 3 to 5 on morelikeradio.com. Are you a fan of comics? What about obscure movies and TV shows? Well then, you are in luck because every Friday at Nerd Hour is here to talk about those completely and utterly awesome things. So join Punchy, Ariel, and now Cornax as we talk the things that people claim prevent you from getting laid, but are balls anyway. The Nerd Hour, every Friday night from 11pm to 1am, only on More Like Radio. Spoon! Recently on The Conti and Kenny Show. Ah, uh, you kidding? And I'm watching. They also put on the thing that Honey Boo Boo's like the whole computer just froze up. Oh, really? Too much shit on here. Um, that's basically what she said. She's like, "Hey, Marquis, what's going on? I'm coming back for round two. And the guy was like, uh, "He basically was like, you need to be quiet." And then asked her for her ID, and her ID was in her car. So he told her she was banned from the mall. For not having an ID. It's like, really, dude? Like, what are you talking about? Oh, the Adobe plugin has crashed. (laughs) Holy crap. (laughs) Everything just went right in the toilet. Holy shit. I gotta... That's the Flight 800 of Adobe players. (laughs) I gotta do the... uh... (laughs) The Flight 800 of the Adobe players. The Conti and Kenny Show. Talking bollocks for fuck knows how many years. Join Marianne and Kitty on Daytime Divas, where Marianne's milkshake brings all the creepers to the yard, and their life is better than yours. Damn right, it's better than yours. I could teach you, but I have to charge. Daytime Divas, Thursdays at 8 a.m. on morelikeradio.com. High Society Radio is now part of morelikeradio.com. Who's all part of the more like the uh, more like radio cavalcade of stars? Oh, who, who are you joining next? Oh well, Hippo Juice—they're the the soul behind More right. Like Radio, and we're we're jumping on there. High Society Radio—that is. What other what other kind of shows are over there though? Oh, there's there's plenty. There's a there's just a roster that's ridiculous. There's 360 on 420. Mm-hmm. There's a gentleman show. There's ain't social gamer radio. There's the red show. There's daytime divas. Okay, so you're not out there by your by yourself in the cold anymore. No, you're fucking with a family. Yeah, a real family, a family of gangsters. Take the edge off. MoreLikeRadio.com. It's like rap music you can understand. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Wrestling's fake. Oh, yeah? Jesus! The organization that brought you Tangled Web, Tournament of Death, and Prelude to Violence. 15 years of hardcore tradition. The Combat Zone is professional wrestling's proving grounds. Combat Zone doesn't do PG. No ballroom dancers or pimps shucking and jiving in our ring. Just the biggest names in independent professional wrestling. Masada. Oh my God! What? Oh! Yes! What the hell? Adam Cole. Only pro wrestling 
Danny Havoc. Oh, no, no, no. Drake Younger. Just moving your body on the canvas. Painful! Not painful that! CCW features the ultimate hybrid style of high-flying mat wrestling combined with hardcore death-defying action the other promotions wish they were allowed to show you. Get the latest news on live events, internet pay-per-views, and more. Or score yourself a classic CZW t-shirt from their online store. Support the ultra-violent underground. Go to czwrestling.com or follow Combat Zone on Twitter. Hey everybody, this is Alexa. You can hear my Uncle Sean say terrible things on the Hippo Juice Show. Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Followed by the Red Show from 9 to 11. And now Mark Out Radio with Big T and Dark Fox is on Wednesday too. Join them during their new time slot, 11 to 1 a.m. Only on morelikeradio.com. Hi, this is Marianne from Lust and Love. Recently, we decided the show needed more dicks, so we found the manliest man we knew to fill the spot, Dark Fox. I know this is weird, but my boyfriend broke up with me because my dick is too short. He praised me about my skills and all, but this is a really good reason for a breakup? Because it's really hurting me until now. I can't seem to forget all the memories we had together. I know this can't be the reason, or maybe has he met another guy? I really cannot get over him because once he told me, I love your dick, whilst he was stroking it. That's the reason I will never let go. Lust in Love, now gayer than ever. And that's saying a lot considering we used to have Hammy on the show. Join us Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern on morelikeradio.com. Morelikeradio.com. Because mean people need to laugh, too. Hey, buddy. Can I get a triple shot of espresso over ice? Yeah, we don't do over ice. Huh? To preserve the bean's integrity, the ice would compromise the flavor. Store policy, so. Oh, okay. Uh, so why don't you just uh, draw me a triple shot of espresso? Very good. Anything else? Yeah, a cup of ice. I'm not doing that. I'm just looking for the jolt, man. I'm just trying to get it into my body as quickly and efficiently as possible so life feels like it's worth living for two hours. Flavor is secondary to the buzz. Don't you get it? You're just a drug dealer. No ice. So what happened next? What do you mean? I, I, I drove home and I poured it over ice myself. Oh, so it all worked out in the end. No, it didn't. I, you know, I still had to deal with that condescending idiot and comply. <laughs> right, right. What the integrity of the bean? Are you kidding me? There was a time where I would have went five easy pieces on that guy. I would have just unleashed a tidal wave of rage. Right. Well, you've changed, and you know it's good for you, man. Is yeah. it good though, Ken? I mean, think about it. How good would it have felt to just unload on that guy? Got it. Right. But I'm sober, and if you yeah. act like an asshole when you're sober, uh, you're just an asshole. I mean, that, uh. I, that's my own issue. I don't know why I get off on being out of control, but I was always like that when I was a kid. My, my heroes were always drug addicts, you know, Lenny Bruce, William Burroughs, uh, Keith Richards. <laughs> Shannon Hoon, Blind Melon. <laughs> Shannon Hoon from Blind Melon. Well, I, I'm just trying to keep up. Well, look, I mean, what I'm trying to say is that I don't, 
I don't miss booze and drugs. I miss right. the chaos. Right. I miss the war stories. Right. I miss partying all night, <laughs> you know, just pushing the envelope. Right, I, right. Mean, I miss you know playing chicken with my sanity. And then the sun comes up, dawn breaks, and you feel victorious just because you lived through it. I mean, you can't feel that kind of high unless you're completely out of control. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? If you want to Skype in, Skype name is Alcohol by Volume, all one word, or the number 862-345-7125. That's 862-ALCOHOL, as you would probably expect. So, getting into some of the lists this week, because the lists are always good time fillers, and they're amusing, and I sometimes go off and on tangents and rant about them and all sorts of shit like that. This one was from Thrillist.com. A couple guys, one of them wearing a Detroit Tigers hat. That last game was fucking brutal. Fucking grand slam. Ugh. Um, taste testing 10 of the cheapest well liquors in the world. So these two guys decided to get a bunch of really cheap-ass variations of... Bourbon, vodka, gin, rum, peppermint schnapps, you know, all all that kind of stuff. And they taste tested this stuff. Now I'm 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 actually gathering that they did this whole taste test in one sitting. Because well, by the end of it well, I'll I'll get into that by the end of it. I don't think there was vomit. Um well, maybe. Ah, uh, so they say here. At some point, you've consumed Old Crow, Monarch Gen, or Pop-Off, and maybe you didn't even know it. Before they were made fancy by someone trying to sell suspenders, cocktails were originally invented to mask crappy liquor, and you've no doubt ordered a screwdriver without specifying Stoli, mainly because you were in college. But what do these wonders of the well taste like solo in the interest of science? Uh, we reached low to sample a Barsworth bottom-shelf liquor to find out what was the best of the worst. Then we assigned each a 1 to 10 gag rating. 1 is drinkable, 10 is vomit by smelling it gross. Plus gave some tips on how to improve it towards potability, and then we picked a winner, and then we sampled an awful lot of Tums. Now this first one, it's Old Crow Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. The interesting thing here is that in terms of palatability, they... Did something? I did something. Suggested something that I've done before. So they say the well whiskey of choice at many a bar. Oh god! And not just what Cheryl's kids call her. Oh, uh, old crow scent immediately gets the stomach prophetically gurgling its discontent. It's surprisingly mellow with minimal burn and a tongue coating caramel flavor that helps the stomach percolation simmer a little while, resulting in a sweet slash brutal aftertaste. They gave this one a gag rating of four. It's kind of in the middle. But in terms of how to make it better, and I've actually I've done this with Jameson, and it, it is a remarkable combination of flavors. They say that the pickleback is your best friend here. Now, I've mentioned what a pickleback is before, but if you don't know what it is, you basically do your shot of whiskey, and you chase it with a shot of pickle juice. Before you knock it, saying, 
holy shit, that's disgusting. There's something about the pickle juice that interacts with the taste of the whiskey, and even something you know, decent. You know, it's not bottom shelf, middle shelf, like Jameson. Um, something like that. It it just it mixes with the flavor. I can't explain it, but there's clearly some kind of chemical interaction going on in your taste buds with that. So if you ever get a chance, try that out. Have a shot of whiskey. Chase it with a shot of pickle juice. Um, If you feel like it, report back on the Facebook group and let us know what you think. Facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. If you actually do this, uh, I'll, I'll send you some ABV drink coasters if you want. So go ahead and post on there. Ah, the second one here, pop-off premium blend vodka. I know, for instance, I, I, I'm I positive I have had pop-off before at some point. Um, probably actually when I was like just out of high school. They say, strangely, this stuff's British in origin. That I didn't know. Though it's straight up Mother Russia and its packaging and the ability to get the Tetris theme in your head. So what does it taste like? A lot like the packaging. Apparently, the low-grade alcohol in the concoction peels the taste off plastic. Otherwise, it's fairly clean and unoffensive. Gag rating 3. How to make it better. Dump it in some OJ and call it a decent 10 a.m. Now, the worst bottom-shelf vodka I've ever had was probably 5 o'clock vodka. That, um, well, that, that resulted in my teenage... Um, you know, puking out the side of a car or whatever incident. So, I don't know. What, what, what do we call the bowling alley incident? I'll, I'll call it my, my teenage bowling alley style incident. Because it's, it's not a bowling alley incident. It's a bowling alley style incident. But anyway, I, I was at a party. Uh, there were jello shots. And the vodka ones were made with 5 o'clock vodka. And I had a lot of those. Because it did, it did seem to be the most inoffensive tasting some of the others, I don't know, the flavor blends just did not work. My problem that night was that I was mixing um, the malt beverages with the liquor. Now, back then, of course, I did not drink beer. And this is showing my age. But the beverage I was drinking that evening, and I actually had an empty bottle of this filled with pennies up until... And I, I think it was actually from that specific party... Uh, I had an empty bottle, well, filled with pennies, so it wasn't really that empty. Up until about two years ago, I think my wife finally said, what the hell are you keeping this for? I'm like, I don't fucking know. It was a bottle of Zima. Yes, I was drinking Zima that night. Somebody had a case of Zima, and we were doing that with the Jello shots, uh, trying to suck on a Jolly Rancher, tossing it in the bottle of Zima. Um, for some reason, I was fine with Zima. Couldn't handle beer. But the combination of the Zima... And the 5 o'clock vodka led to me uh, puking up, uh, I believe it was chili cheese fries from National Coney Island on the side of this dude's house. Delicious going down, not so good going up. Third one on here is Monarch Distilled London Dry Gin. Uh, This bottom-dwelling old man gin kind of tastes like the pop-off. After it finished an epic makeout session with the pine tree, Ugh. see, I, I, I don't believe I've ever had gin on its own before, so I don't even know the flavor profile that gin is supposed to have. Uh, if it's got a piney taste, I don't think I like that. 
Uh, still, the floral action does a nice job of masking the grain alcohol sucker punch. Gag rating six. Uh, how to make it better. Heed Snoop's advice, just dump it in some juice and drink it as fast as you can, making sure to avoid sharing with people who ain't chipped in. Um, let's see. Here's another, here's another mid-level rating. Castillo Gold Rum, with a name translated to Castle Oro in Spanglish, you'd expect this Puerto Rican-style rum to make you feel like a king. Hell, even an archduke would do. Oh, I'm drinking my IPA right now. God damn it. Um, but what it really makes you feel like is a tightwad who doesn't mind the taste of plastic, despite coming in a glass bottle. With a hint of something used to kill aphids. In terms of Puerto Rican flavor, this is more like Luis Guzman than J-Lo. Okay, they're trying to be clever. Gag rating of five. Now, how to make it better? The, uh, this worries me slightly. Put it in a Slurpee and pray. Why would you want to ruin a Slurpee like that? Ugh. Um, let's see. Do, do, do. What am I doing here? Uh, oh, yeah. That's where that folder went. Okay. Sorry about that. Um... On just a moment. Sorry, I'm just trying. I'm trying to navigate something here. Okay, uh, Shrank's peppermint schnapps. Ugh. I think peppermint schnapps is probably bad enough on its own. I mean, I well, I, I've told the tale before. Like the the last the last schnapps I really had was root beer schnapps, and I think I had mixed it with some. Actually, no. I you know what? I think I actually mixed it with root beer. But this was in a, a hospital room, ha ha ha, make your jokes, uh, when uh, my wife was giving birth. Ha <laughs> ha, continue to make your jokes. Um, um, yeah, so uh, that was the last one I had. Got completely toasted off of it. It was not good tasting going down, but anyway. Um, strongly advise you drink pretty much anything whose bottle features a tuxedoed rich man boozing with penguins. Now that that is true. That is actually kind of cool. Uh, you can't help but wonder if the sugary peppermint swill was inspired by British mouthwash, but hey, it's clean, it's minty, it'll give you diabetes and immediately mask the booze smell with its peppermint assault. This one only had a gag rating of two, so not horrible, I guess, if you're into peppermint schnapps. Um, how to make it better? Mix it in with a non-flavored brandy for a poor man's stinger, just don't put it near orange juice. Ugh, yeah, you'll get that toothpaste orange juice combination going on there. Um, let's see. How many more we got on this list? One, two, three, four, five. And a bonus after that. Okay. This one is Arandes Oro Tequila. Um, there's definitely a grain alcohol thing going on, but now it's infused with agave. Uh, this is what gives tequila a bad name. And I... I you know, I, the only tequila I remember having is Jose Cuervo, and that didn't do shit to me. Well, it fucked me up afterwards, but it didn't taste too bad. Uh, it's fiery. kind of feels like it's clawing its way down your esophagus, and regal- regardless of how much you drink, you're guaranteed to do something stupid immediately after drinking it. Gag rating of 7 on this one, so this one's pretty bad. How to make it better? You don't. You load up on salt and limes and bite your lip. Now this one... I am very interested in, because I'm going to say right off the bat, this one only had a gag rating of one. So, I'm curious. I'm 
Got to see if I can find this. Lauder's Scotch. Here's the thing about this old man scotch. If you're not a real scotch drinker, I'm not a real scotch drinker, you'd probably hard, be hard-pressed to tell the difference between this and something like Cuddy. The peats there, the grandpa's closet, flavor, closet flavors there, and in terms of middling scotch, you could do a lot worse for a lot more money. How to make it better? Just toss some rocks in there and tell people it's something else. I believe this was the only gag rating of one on the entire list. If I needed scotch for some reason or another, this is probably what I would end up getting. Um, <laughs> this sounds awful. Mr. Boston Blackberry Flavored Brandy. As if the Kool-Aid man fell under the tutelage of Amanda Bynes, this syrupy sweet concoction tastes like candy made in a distillery. It's more liquory than brandy-y, but it does get points for actually tasting like blackberry. Gag rating of six, how to make it better. Cut it with something thinner like cranberry juice and gin. Uh, Southern Host. (laughs) It's a SoCo knockoff, basically. This one was interesting. It says on the bottle, Like the warmth and sunshine of the South. And that'd probably be the Antebellum South, and you're not exactly living in a mansion if you're drinking this stuff, which tastes like caramel-flavored scissorp, or maybe a Werther's Original melted in a bum's mouth and spat into a bottle. Gag rating of 17. Stay away from it. Stay away from it. How to make it better? Add a squirt of Mountain Dew and let the sugar bizarro flavor contradictions duke it out in your mouth. I would not go anywhere near that. Um, you know, shell out the money. Buy yourself SoCo. Don't go for this. Ugh. Um, now this, um, this is another one I've, I've had probably something similar, uh, Kapali coffee liqueur, the generic version of Kahlua kind of just tastes like coffee and booze with about 60 Splendas mixed in for good measure, uh, then thickened in the sun for a while to create a syrupy consistency. Well, Kahlua kind of has that thick consistency anyway. Uh, the sweetness factor with this one throws me off a little though, um, Gag rating a four on this. They say make a Colorado Bulldog, a white Russian with a splash of Coke, which I've never thought of doing, uh, to maximize the sugary explosive properties. Now, there's one cheaper um, Kahlua knockoff that I've had. It is called Camora. And I know for the for the larger bottles, I, I want to say it's at least like five, seven bucks cheaper than Kahlua. So, um, and that that one has tasted fine to me. Um, I mean, I, I grew, well, this sounds weird. I grew up with Kahlua cause that was kind of what my mom drank. She drank her clue and creams. Um, but I'm, I'm always looking for the cheaper ones of the coffee liqueurs because it honestly, to me, it seems like it's tough to screw that up. But the, this one, it sounds like they screwed up the sweetness factor with it. Now this was the bonus part of this. Ah, the all sorts. They said, since all this stuff is just sitting there, and since we're by no means condoning wasting sweet, sweet alcohol, we mix them all together in equal parts in the hope that this Long Island iced tea, which is more like a Rikers Island iced tea, would bring out the best in all these bottom shelf wonders. Uh, let me copy this image into the chat because uh, this this has a... Uh, oh, not URL... Uh, this has a perfect look on the dude's... Oh, son of a bitch. You know what? Never mind. Can't copy it in because it's one of those pages where it doesn't like you copying images, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Roy Black on Crack asked if the tequila comes with a sombrero hat bottle cap. Um, 
Let me see if they show the top of it. Fuck, they don't show the top of it. Um, let me see here. Arandus Oro. Arandus Oro. Um, it does not look like it does, unfortunately. But that would be an awesome idea. Um, seeing if there's any other ratings online for this stuff. Eh? Let's see. Eh, you know, a bottle of it's thirteen bucks, so that kind of you know tells you what with that. But anyway, back to the the uh, all sorts here. The reaction to this was now again all sorts. This is everything combined. So you are getting cheap varieties of whiskey, vodka, gin, rum, peppermint schnapps. I think that's what ruins it. Uh, tequila, scotch, blackberry flavored brandy. That can't help either. Um. Uh, a Southern Comfort, you know, knockoff, a uh, coffee liqueur. So their reaction, no, 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 no. It's like cough syrup, nail polish remover, coffee, sugar, toothpaste, shoes, and rubbing alcohol, but somehow less delicious. Somebody send a black label anything stat, or maybe just more lauders, which is the scotch, the one they rated a one. Um... So, the all sorts was disqualified due to grossness and a gag rating of eight ninety two. Um, but I this this I found interesting because I I I don't know shit when it comes to, um, you know, cheap liquor versus well, not cheap liquor. I'm not going to say expensive liquor because I'm not buying expensive stuff either. But for instance, like I'm, I'm fine with Pinnacle vodkas. Um, I'm fine with um, Three Olives vodkas. I guess those are. I mean, I don't even know what shelf those qualify as. I mean, are those mid shelf? They're not bottom shelf. I mean, because they're not that cheap. I can find stuff a lot cheaper than that. Um, but you know, vodka's easy. Vodka's easy to buy. It's when you start getting into the other stuff. You know, brandy, schnapps, schnapps. Schnapps is probably a little bit easier too, just because of pucker stuff. Um, gin, if I was one to drink gin, um, whiskey. I know Jameson. That's really all I know. Um, you know tequila. I know Jose Cuervo. Um, I know um, was it um, Patron is a tequila, I think, right? Yeah. Um, scotch. I don't know shit about scotch. That's why the lauders on here actually is informative for me because if I do happen to want scotch, that's the one I'm going to probably pick up. Uh, even says on the bottle, this whiskey is 36 months old. Yeah. Just my kind of age. Wait, that's not right. Ah, uh, okay. Let me close this one out. Um, ah, okay. Uh, Roy Black on Crack just posted in the chat. Sierra Tequila comes with a little sombrero bottle cap. I would buy that just because of the bottle cap. It probably tastes awful, but come on, that's marketing. That's some good marketing right there. Okay. Uh, got this from foxnews.com. So, uh, let's see. What, what are the top ten fall beers? Fuck Obama, fuck Obama. Oh, fuck. And fuck my beer because it's foaming a bit. God damn it. Fucking IPA. Hold on a second. Okay, that's better. Um, so, of course, fall beers. You're looking at pumpkin beers. You're looking at 
you know, Oktoberfest style stuff. Um, other other things on here that harken towards that uh, that autumn kind of feel. So, first one on here: Oak Jacked Imperial Pumpkin Ale from Uinta Brewing Company. I don't believe I've had this one before. I may have in the past. Um, it was produced back in first produced back in 2011 as part of their Crooked Line series, and I I don't. I'm trying to remember. I know I've had some of the Crooked Line beers, but I don't remember if I've had this one. This one's 10.3% alcohol by volume, so that for a Imperial Pumpkin Ale, I mean, well, that's not bad. You know, Imperial. Once you add Imperial, you can expect probably, you know, 8 plus alcohol by volume there. Uh, jacked up version of a pumpkin spice ale. Fresh pumpkin and fall spices aged in oak for six months. Uh, they're out of uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, they basically go into all, you know, the, 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 you know, punch of the pumpkin flavors, pumpkin spice aroma, caramel, cinnamon, clove, nutmeg, brown sugar, vanilla. Um, 16 bucks for a 750 milliliter bottle. So it, I may have tried that at some point, but that is still a little bit pricey. La Bière de, I hate it when there are characters meshed together. Would that be Beluel? I don't know. It looks like B-E-L, an O with an E, and I-L. Anyway, it's from Brasserie de Pont from uh, Tourps, Belgium. It's a Belgian strong pale ale. Uh, Belgian pale ales I can actually get behind. Those are those are the pale ones that I that I don't mind. Um, let's see. Located just a few miles from the brewery, the town is best known. Uh, let's see, it's be- damn it, I, I can't, I, I can't pronounce it. Fuck it, I'm just, I'm not, I'm ignoring it. Brewed with five different malt strains, this very flavorful celebration of the season has a, ham- a hazy amber hue and a white, long-lasting head with aromas of caramel and herbal tea. Okay, I, I might be able to deal with that. I mean, when it when it comes to that herbal scent in my beer, uh, you know, pumpkin brews notwithstanding, I get scared off by them a little, little bit. This next one is one that I had a couple weeks ago, and I was strangely disappointed by it, especially considering the brewery that does it, which is the brewery. Um, this one is Autumn Maple. It's a Belgian-style brown ale, and I, I like brown ales, but for some reason, this one just it did nothing for me. They tout it as their take on the pumpkin beer style. doesn't use pumpkins, though. It's got yams, maple syrup, allspice, vanilla, molasses, cinnamon, nutmeg, and their own traditional Belgian yeast strain. Uh, 10% alcohol by volume. And I was expecting something similar in flavor to some of the pumpkin beers, sans the pumpkin. I was expecting some of that maple sweetness. I was expecting some of that flavor of the yams. Um, Hints of the vanilla and everything. But... I, I didn't get any of those spices really there. I got I, I got brown ale and I got bitterness. And I don't know, for some reason it just it didn't it didn't work with me. See here on, on this page they say that with all the spices in the mix it smells and tastes like a pumpkin pie, but I I got nothing out of that. I mean there are for instance like uh, shipyard smash pumpkin, uh, Southern Tears pumpkin. Those, you crack open that bottle, you get those aromas. They, instantly, you cannot miss them. There are some pumpkin beers where you just don't get it. Um, but 
but I don't know. Autumn Maple just didn't do it for me, which kind of bummed me out because I, I really liked stuff I've gotten from the brewery. Um, to be fair though, this was probably the cheapest bottle of their stuff I've ever gotten. It's 750 milliliter for 10 bucks. Most of their stuff that I get is 20 bucks and over. Uh, usually like the sour stuff, heart of darkness, stuff like that. Another one of my favorites here, Pecan Harvest Ale from Abita Brewing. Uh, $8 for a six pack, which sounds about right. This was first introduced back in 2007. Uh, it's part of their Harvest series, which is now really an ongoing series that um, there will be like year-round beers for it. Um, Strawberry Harvest Lager, what was it? The, um, the, the lemon beer that they had recently, that's going to be part of the Harvest lineup now. Uh, actively carbonated American brown ales. Yeah, I like American brown ales. Uh, pours a deep amber with a slight haze, and the pecans stand out prominently in the nose. Flavor is malty sweet, offering medium roasted malt blended with caramel and pecan for pleasant, though not overbearing, nutty qualities. I was actually disappointed by a six-pack that I got from this year's run of Pecan Harvest Ale. I think I had it last week, actually. It didn't taste as good as last year's. I was not getting enough of that pecan flavor. In previ- the previous year, I had gotten a very, very nutty quality out of it that I loved. This one, I, again, I was getting brown ale out of it, but I wasn't getting that nuttiness. And I don't know if my taste buds are broken now or something. Here's another one that uh, I actually talked about earlier, Sam Adams Ruby Mild. Uh, part of the brewery's Harvest Collection released each fall. Uh, the ale pours a ruby color in the mild, references both the English beer style and its easy drinking nature. So it's a, it's a 5.6% alcohol. Uh, let's see. Only available in the Harvest Collection 12-pack, but believe me, if they offered that in six-packs, I'd be buying that all the goddamn time. Um, there, are, there, I mean, there are a few Sam Adams beers that I will always want to get... Um, but often, it seems more often than not, when I buy Sam Adams, it's one of these seasonal cases. But otherwise, it's cherry wheat, or um, the Irish red, or the, um, fuck, um, forgetting the name of it now. It's, um, it's, it's like, it, I think it is a stout. Um, God damn it. See, you know what, this is going to bug me now, too. Uh, Sam Adams stout, I think. Maybe something. It's not an imperial stout. It's not a cream stout. Um, fuck. Um, it's like a or Sam Adams black or something like that. I, don't know. I, I can I can picture. Maybe it's the it's the no, it's not the black lager. I don't think either. God damn it! I'm I'm completely forgetting what it is. I'll, I'll of course I'll remember it tomorrow. <sighs> but um. I know. I think there's like a Sam Adams cream ale or something too that I that hasn't been too bad, but Ruby Mild, I'm picking up now while I can. That's why I'm suffering through the Latitude 48 IPA because that's the only way I can get the Ruby Mild, and I'm not going to waste two bottles of beer. It just means that it makes me slow down a bit at the end of my show, so I don't pass out after the show, so I can play some GTA finally. Uh, number six on the list. Harvest from Southern Tier, an extra special bitter at 6.7% alcohol by volume. Uh, this one it says 9.49 for a six pack, but I don't see Southern Tier usually doing six packs. 
Well, actually, no, you know, I take that back. It's the 2X series, I think, that's usually in the four packs, if I remember correctly. Uh, this one's a hoppy one. Fruity, fresh hop flavor is predominant. Uh, white harvest, or while, <laughs> while harvest ale may be bigger than most uh, extra special bitters, it's still an easy drinking session beer with an added bonus of hop notes lingering well after the sip. That said, I, I would probably still try it because I know um, um, J5 from Unsigned Hype, which comes up after my show, he had suggested the uh, Red Hook ESB, and I enjoyed that. I thought that was good. So Harvest might might do it for me. Um, an ESB might be a style that I like. I don't know. Uh, John John Ale this is number seven from Rogue. Eh, Rogue kind of... Eh. I, I've gotten soured on them lately. I don't know why. Um, nine bucks for a 22 ounce of this 5.2% alcohol by volume it's an herbed spiced beer uh, let's see it uh, juniper berries aged in spruce gin barrels I, I know I've seen this one in stores uh, features rogue micro hopyard revolution hops and the dare and risk strains of barley from rogues micro farms Okay, I would not like this. Upon sipping, you discover an effervescent, bright, piney freshness. Ugh, I don't want pine in my beer. Um, uh, with flavors of spruce and juniper dominating but not overpowering. I mean, they're talking about all these other ingredients and flavors here. Uh, spruce, juniper berries, ginger, cucumber, orris root, orange peel, lemon peel, tangerine, grains of paradise. I mean, they're, they're, eh, eh, it, it, not my flavors. Not my flavors. Um, number eight here. There's another one I've had. Actually, I haven't had it recently. I got to pick some of this up from Kona Brewing Company. It's Pipeline Porter. Now, uh, longtime listeners of the show are probably familiar with Kona Brewing because I have extolled the wonderful virtues of their Kona Brown, which is a coconut beer, and you don't you don't see enough coconut beers out there, and it's so fucking good and. I only got it's more or less seasonal. I only got it once this past summer and the fucking stuff disappeared off shelves and I could not find it after that. Pissed me off so much. But Pipeline Porter, it's an American porter. Uh porter. Let's see. Uh distinctive roasty aroma stems from the intermingling of barley and fresh roasted 100% Kona coffee grown at the Cornwall State on the Big Island just down the coast from where the Kona brewery is located. So you're looking at a coffee porter, hints of chocolate and caramel. They say for an extra treat, sweeten your porter with a scoop of vanilla bean ice cream for a creamy dessert float. I know, I know. Some of you guys don't like the dessert floats. Fuck you. I still think that's pretty good. But Pipeline Porter is a good one from Kona Brewing. I've had... You know, I want to say I've actually had all of their beers that are available out here. Um, there was one that didn't necessarily do it for me. I think it was the Wallowai Wheat. Didn't really hit me too well. But Pipeline Porter, the Kona Brown. I know there was one other one too. Can't remember what it was. Uh, number nine here, Autumn Ale from Breckenridge Brewery out of Denver, Colorado, an American brown ale. You sense a theme with the brown ales. 6.7% alcohol by volume. $10 for a six-pack. Uh, they say it's kind of a cross between a Marzen and a Stout in terms of some of the characteristics. Um has that appearance of a dark beer, um, has the nutty malt flavors with that sweetness of Oktoberfest styles, 
hint of chocolate. I, I can't remember if I get Breckenridge out here. I think I do. So that that sounds like one I'd want to try. Because again, I, I'm always looking for American brown ales that, you know, I don't know, just they, that speak to me that are kind of different. And the last one in this list, it's another one out of Belgium from Brasserie du Buisson. It's Cuvée des Trolls. Uh, the name means that of the trolls. And the label depicts a troll wearing a hat of hop leaves. Uh, it's a strong Belgian pale ale, so mix of sweetness and bitterness. Um, you get some of that like dried orange peel kind of scent and flavor from it. Um, they have a bigger version that uh, has a higher alcohol content. This one has 7%. There's one, the Cuvée Special, that weighs in at 7.5% alcohol by volume. So depends what you want. Uh, and that's, that's, that's it for that list. Like I said, I had, let's see, one, uh, two, three, four, possibly five out of that list. Almost half of them. So, you know, I, I, I can speak from some experience with them, I suppose. Um, so let's see here. Which one do I do? Uh... That's seven forty two. So you know what I'll do this. This is this is a list I've been holding on to for fucking ages and I don't know why. Because yeah, it's just a list. But this is an easy one. And it's good info. So fuck you. I'm doing it. This is from BuzzFeed. Twenty one reasons you should definitely drink more beer. Of course the tagline, not like you need convincing. Number one, it keeps your kidneys healthy. A Finnish study found that beer had more kidney benefits than other alcoholic drinks. Yes! So my kidneys are doing good. Each bottle of beer that men consume daily lowered their risk of developing kidney stones by 40%. Holy shit! So each bottle of beer that men consume daily. So if I average three a day, I'm lowering my risk of developing kidney stones by a hundred and twenty percent how awesome is that especially considering that i've heard you know like you know guys that drink a lot of coffee and stuff might be more at risk for kidney stones so i i I feel see if my wife complains about my drinking i'll say hey i don't want kidney stones fuck it I, i gotta drink this it's for my health come on even if it's an ipa i will say this it gets less offensive the further I go into the bottle, I still don't necessarily like it, but uh, number two, it has fiber. Beer, especially dark beer, pours up about a gram of soluble fiber in each 12-ounce bottle, and you know we all need help shitting, I suppose. Fiber helps lower your levels of LDL, the bad kind of cholesterol. Wine has none, so suck it, wine! Uh, the White House brews its own beer. Drinking beer is patriotic. Every time you... Eh, now they're trying to be funny. Um, but is it is it decent beer? That's what I'm curious about. Um, I mean, do they brew their own beer because they're worried about poisoning the president? I don't know. Uh, number four, the president himself has been known to enjoy a pint. Okay, you know what? There, there is a there is a good shot of uh, Obama raising a pint of Guinness. So you know, th- at least the guy knows a decent beer. 
He doesn't know much else, but whatever. Uh, number five, beer can boost your levels of B vitamins, which that's I think that's actually good for me because I I, I need to uh, refill or go to go to uh, the Walmart or Target or whatever, get myself more of my vitamin B supplement because my uh, vitamin B levels are kind of low for some reason. You would think uh, with all the beer I drink that they wouldn't be. Um, a Dutch study found that beer drinking participants had 30% higher levels of vitamin B6 levels in their blood than their non-drinking counterparts and twice as much as wine drinkers. Another bonus, beer also contains vitamins B12 and folic acid. Okay, so maybe, I don't know, maybe it's not B6 or something. I don't know. I don't know the numbers with all this shit. Um, this is, this is one that of course we all know. If you're bored with normal brews, there are tons of fun varieties to try. Of course they show banana bread beer right there. So, I mean, we, we already knew that. Come on. Which reminds me, I got to keep an eye out for that sticky toffee pudding beer from Wells. Cause that, that's gotta be out soon. I gotta look that up. Number seven, beer has a rich history. It's one of the oldest beverages that humans have produced. The Ebla tablets, which date back to 2500 BCE in Mesopotamia, reveal that brewing beer was a popular occupation for women. Yes, we knew that, that women were the main brewers back in the day. Uh, Beer made from baked barley bread was part of the daily diet of Egyptian pharaohs. Uh, Number eight, beer even hydrates, quote, slightly better than water. I know I... uh, went through a study on that too. Researchers in a recent study even recommended moderate consumption of beer as part of an athlete's diet. And yeah, I mean, that's, it's, you know, it's, I, I don't, I don't think it's bad. Believe me. I mean, after my run every day, I wish I had a beer on me, but I think that kind of be frowned upon at work. Number nine, it's good for your bones. 2009 study found the high levels of silicon in beer can be good for your bone density. Number 10, uh, there are 400 different types of beer, and this this is true. If you go to one of those charts where it has the, um, it's not it's not a not a flow chart. It's a um, fuck. I, I can't remember what they're called. You, you got a circle in the middle, and it branches off, and then it branches off, it branches off. And you have all the different stuff. Look up those charts. You'll see all the different styles. Okay, uh, beer floats are delicious. This is number 11, and fuck you, beer floats are delicious. Yeah, so it's beer and ice cream. They say in here, despite what you might think, it can be really, really delicious. Try a cherry lambic with vanilla ice cream, a pint of Guinness with vanilla bean ice cream, or a raspberry wheat ale with chocolate ice cream. Number 12. A chemical compound in hops contains antiviral properties. Researchers in Sapporo, Japan, found the compound Humulone provides an effective guard against a virus that can cause severe forms of pneumonia and bronchitis in children. We'll see. Um, You know, then, you know... Uh, I, fuck. Welcome to the botch list, Kev. Uh, uh, someone would have to drink around 30 12-ounce cans for Humulone to have any virus-fighting effect, however, but it's the thought that counts. Okay, so, you know, the compound in hops, it, it's its in such small quantities for that. Anyway, uh, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Ben Franklin, and James Madison were all beer brewers and drinkers. That's number 13. Madison even entertained the idea of creating a federal brewery. Yeah, that that would be what, with our government nowadays, you know, totally controlling our beer. That's not a good thing. Uh, number 14, because you're going to need a bunch of empties to make this cool beer chandelier, which maybe I can post in the chat if 
Okay, yeah, good. BuzzFeed's not being a bitch. That is pretty damn cool. Um, although, where are you going to find... Oh, are those Corona bottles? See, the problem with making a beer chandelier with a lot of the stuff I drink is, again, it's all brown bottles. But anyway, it's a neat idea. Uh, number 15, or some of these cool goblets. Uh, this is another one. I'll See, I, it, it's getting it's getting into uh, visual territory here, which doesn't help me. But I can probably post some of this stuff on the Facebook group. Maybe even on the uh, page, if I'm feeling so willing. I don't quite know how they did that. Um, oh, yeah, the bottle, cut the bottom off the bottle, it's upside down, and then melted together. Okay, gives you an idea. Uh, number 16, it could be good for your future political career. The former Prime Minister of Australia once set a beer-chugging record. As a student at Oxford, Bob Hawke downed a yard of ale in 11 seconds. He claims the feat endeared him to the beer-drinking community and earned him new constituents. Well, fuck, I'd vote for him, I think, possibly. Yeah, I probably shouldn't be allowed to vote. Uh, number 17, there are giant floating space clouds full of beer. What? Why don't we go get them? Why don't... The alcohol in them could make 400 trillion trillion pints of beer. Unfortunately, it's 10,000 light years away. Well, get on it! Make a fucking warp drive! I want my fucking space beer! Number 18, Guinness is actually a light beer. At 125 calories a pint, it clocks in with fewer calories than Budweiser and Coors and most ales and lagers. So drink up, Guinness fans. It's basically the same thing as eating a kale salad, basically. Um, is it 125 a pint? That can't be right. I really don't think that's right. Um, let me see here. Well, shit. Maybe it is. Um, I'll be damned. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Ah, fuck! Damn it! Well, never mind. Ignore what I just did. No, I was looking. I was looking on my uh, on my calorie counting website. Um, yeah, apparently that is the case. One hundred twenty-five calories a pint. That's not bad. Uh, number nineteen. Beer is feminist. Oh, fuck it. Okay. Fuck beer. I'm done with beer. Uh, the first brewers were mostly women. Colonial women ran most of the ancient beer halls and taverns. And Greeks viewed wine as a manly drink, while beer was seen as feminine and less classy. Interesting. Uh, number 20, it helps you sleep. I can attest to that because usually after my show, I'm fucking dog tired and just want to go to bed. Uh, beer contains lactoflavin and nicotinic acid, both both of which promote sleep. And number 21, finally, beer is delicious and refreshing. Of course, that is always the best best reason to drink beer. Well, no, second, second best. Uh, first best reason to drink beer is to forget everything else. Okay done with that. Let me get into the new releases and reveals for the week. Uh, okay. Let's see. First one I got here. Bell's Expedition Stout Returns. This was one of the first Imperial Stouts to be brewed in the U.S. Uh, Bell's Brewing out of Michigan. I will post this picture in the chat. Oh, and Mitch confirmed for me 125 calories because he is drinking Guinness right now. Um, this is Bell's Expedition Stout, which I don't believe I've had before because Bell's does not distribute to New Jersey, goddammit. Uh, they say it's perfect for aging. It's very bitter when it's fresh. It's smoother and fruitier as it ages. I'm, I'm impressed with people that have the patience to let their beer age like this. Uh, it's a whopping 10.4% alcohol by volume. 
as a winter seasonal, I assume it should be hitting shelves in the next month or so in 12-ounce six-packs. I know um, Bell start, Bells is starting to distribute to New York soon, so I don't know, maybe it'll start to weasel its way down here. Uh, a new entry to Dogfish Head's Ancient Ales, Kvasir. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Ten point, yeah, I'm sorry, ten percent alcohol by volume. It's described as a tart and herbaceous hybrid Scandinavian grog, brewed with lingonberries, cranberries, birch syrup, and herbs. Now, I I know I said before, I'm you know uh, the herbal stuff in my beer. This one I'm actually kind of curious about. One of those rare instances. I, I'm probably not going to like it, but I I want to find that one and try it. And I get dogfish head everything out here. Uh, All Gang, Winter Seasonal, making its way to retail. Adoration Strong Winter Ale, which was first brewed in 2009. It is a 10% alcohol by volume strong, dark Belgian beer. Brewed with coriander, mace, sweet orange peel, cardamom, and grains of paradise. It's being released for the first time this year in four packs. Uh, Shells Framboise du Nord. Uh, I think I do have a picture of this one. Shells out of... Oh, fuck. You know what? I take it back. I don't have a picture of it. Uh, Based out of Minnesota. I wish Shells distributed out here. The closest distribution I've seen in Pittsburgh is is in Pittsburgh, and I'm not going to go to fucking fucking Pittsburgh to get beer. But they've got some good stuff coming up, like uh, Chimney Sweep that I talked about last week or the week before. Um, so anyway, with this one, 5,000 pounds of raspberry puree added to 70 barrels of the brew. It's got a neon red color with a pink foam head. It's supposed to be tart, dry, and full of raspberry flavor. It's going to be in 750 milliliter bottles. That's, it's actually being bottled this week, and then it's being allowed to bottle condition for about three weeks before being released in mid-November. So if you get shells, like I know Mitch does, keep an eye out for it. And then finally... It's another chocolate pumpkin porter. This one's from Mother's Brewing Company. It's the Squashed Chocolate Pumpkin Porter. This one I actually do have an image of for the chat room. Uh, post that in there. Um, the other chocolate pumpkin porter that I've had was from Evil Genius. The chocolate and pumpkin flavor works really well as long as you don't try and overwhelm one with the other. Uh, the Evil Genius balanced perfectly. It, it didn't overdo it on the spices. didn't overdo it on the chocolate. Awesome. So uh, I'm, I'm curious about this one. Of course, Mother's doesn't distribute here, so I'm fucked with that. Um, this has actually only been seen in their tap room before this, and it's going to be releasing into the Springfield, Missouri market. So I don't know how much it goes beyond that. Uh, um, I, think I, I think I hear uh, what the fox says outside my door. That's really creepy. Um, anyway, uh, it's a pumpkin ale, squash, pumpkin, spices, cocoa nibs, and aged in rum barrel. 7.4% alcohol by volume, and it's in 22-ounce bombers. And with that, I'm uh, pretty much closing out here. Um, so check out what we're talking about in the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. I know I've been a little lax in there um, lately. Um but I'm going to try and get some more stuff going in there. And, of course, like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. Um, hold on a second here. Why is that doing that? That's weird. Um, oh, maybe. No, I don't understand why that's doing that. Creepy. All of a sudden, my uh, my music audio got fucked. Give me a second here. Um, 
Okay, anyway, yeah, like the Facebook Facebook page at facebook.com slash MLR Alcohol by Volume. Follow me on Twitter at E-D-I-C-I-U-S, Decius, that's how I say it, or at MLR underscore alcohol. Uh, look me up on Untapped, Alcohol by Volume, all one word, that is Untapped, the uh, social media drinking app, page, whatever. Why the fuck? Okay, this is really fucking weird. I don't know why. I'm I'm trying to get my closing audio up and it is not behaving for me. Um let me let me see if this'll do it. Uh let's see. Let me play it with that and see if that'll that'll play it. Maybe. No. I have no idea. Wow. I think I'm going I'm I think I'm going out silent today because uh my music's not behaving. <laughs> So fuck it. Anyway, coming up next, Unsigned Hype, followed by Dutch and Royce. I will see you guys next week. Enjoy the rest of the week and the weekend. I will see you next Tuesday.